Welcome to the Irrelevant Ugly. I'm Mike, here with my co-host, Ben. How's it going, Ben? I'm doing great. Late as ever. Yes, we're very late. So, we are reviewing Nur-Ein songs for Nur-Ein, uh, what is it? 15. Nur-Ein 15. And we're on round six, which is the seventh round, because we start at zero. We started with 40 contestants. Because we're computer science people, and we start at zero, like an array. Yeah. Like every, every good language. Yeah. We started with 40 contestants. We narrowed it down. And next round, we'll have only two. But this round, the title was Home Stretch, and the challenge was Polyrhythm. Any observations, Ben, about the songs in general this round? So we have five contestants this round. Uh, we're cutting three. I think every song was pretty good. Um, nothing really blew me out of the water. And I was like, oh, this is so amazing. Uh, but nothing also like released like was sunk and i was like oh that's clearly at the bottom of the barrel um like everything had its charm everything had its good strong points there's a couple of small beats about each song that i wasn't like thrilled about but i think overall it's been a really difficult round to judge and i really i just i feel kind of bad cutting anybody i think this is a great round we should probably like if we had been a few years ago where one of our finalists dropped out and we just had everyone else do another song i'd be happy with that i think that'd be a good good final i'm hoping max bombast makes five songs again <laughs> I'm not listening to all five max. I mean, I will listen to all all once, but I will only comment on one. All right. What I noticed is we definitely, at, at least taking into account the shadows, a lot of the people got the challenge right away. They seemed to start their song saying, I did the challenge, which is a great strategy if you are trying to not get missed by the judges. And then there were the songs that were a little more conventional, but they had the polyrhythm built into it. And then there were the songs that kind of just used a polyrhythm here or there and maybe even just threw it in at the end. So I feel like on the one end of the spectrum, we have songs that were crafted for the challenge. And so they aren't as good as they could have been had they not been crafted for the challenge. And then on the other hand, we have songs that are throwing in the polyrhythm unnecessarily. It's those middle ones that I really enjoyed this round. Yeah. I will also say, I also had a really hard time judging this because eventually everything just sounded like mush. So the songs drop on Monday. I gave them a whole bunch of listens on Monday. And I was like, okay, I'm pretty confident in what my rankings are going to be. I'm pretty confident I hear all the polyrhythms. And then Tuesday, I gave them another listen. And I was like, I don't trust anything I thought on Monday at all. And going back through even to prepare for today, I'm just like, I don't know if I hear anything anymore. It's all run together like time has lately. Were you actually docking people on polyrhythms? I wasn't necessarily docking on polyrhythms specifically, but I was trying to like find where they were and how well they like worked in the song and how much effort they put into them. But I was just trying to like find them and identify them, and like I was trying to like you know really make sure it wasn't just like a checkbox. And I feel like no one did a checkbox. Um, maybe a couple in the shadows, like even fewer listens. But I feel like everyone put at least some effort into this challenge, which yeah. I like. I, I appreciate that. Well, you kind of have to put effort into the challenge. I I think. Anyway, I have to apologize. I only listened to these once through just today because I've been in another place lately. So my commentary may or may not be accurate for my opinions tomorrow. The other nice thing, too, is this is the last hard round. I'm so, so excited that we don't have to judge. Alrighty, up first, our first contestant, alphabetical order one more time, Cave Dwellers. All right, that was Cave Dwellers. I love that intro. 
I think Hadrillus also had an intro a few rounds ago, somebody did, where I was like, I love this intro and I hate everything else after it. This is not that case. It's a good intro and it's a good song and they go pretty well together. Yeah, as I noted last week, this challenge was a honeypot for them to see if they would completely trip over themselves making polyrhythms. I think they actually did a, a very tasteful job here. The melody is a little hard to get behind at first. It would have been helped with some tasteful harmonies. It comes together better later in the second verse. And I really like some of those deliveries, how some of those lines are delivered. Truth really, I think, brought emotion in this song to an extent that I don't normally get from Cave Dwellers. The vocals to me, they sound a little like out of tune here to here. I think it's more of a, this probably could have just used another take type deal. And I agree. I think this generally could have been a very much a Cave Dwellers honeypot challenge. And I think they spent a lot of time on all these polytherms. And for me, they did just like, just a scooch too much. Cause I get a little overwhelmed on like a lot of listens. This gets just like, it hurts my ears just a little bit. Not to the point where I really like docked it. I think if I'd done one or two more, I would have like thrown it in the trash and been like, nope, this is too much. I can't handle it. You're overloading me. They could have dialed it back. Like they could have like cut one or two more things out of it, but I do generally like it. I think it's fine. I do wish they'd spent just a tiny bit more time on the vocals here and there, just a couple spots. I think I would have like loved it. I mean, That's fair. I, I, like I noted, I enjoyed the second verse better. So, I, you know, if you're recording first verse, second verse, that makes sense. The improvements I would like to see in this song, first of all, I'm kind of tired of Cave Dwellers' drum sound, and that's not really a fair criticism of this song. It's just, I'm kind of tired of it. That's all. I would have liked a little less acoustic and more crunchy guitars at the chorus. It doesn't differentiate itself a heck of a lot. Some genres, that's okay. Some genres, it's not. I noted that this song kind of reminds me a little bit of Better Than Ezra at points. Overall, I really like it, but the part this song suffers from the most is the compression on, on the mastering uh, or, or on all the tracks. The compression is just really bad. And so you don't get much dynamic differential between the sections of the song. And some instrumentation, better mastering, would have given the sections a little more distinctness. Yeah, yeah, I can hear that. All right, up next we've got Frankie Big Face. So that was Frankie Big Face. Honestly, his face isn't that big. It's actually kind of small. You need to get a face pump, uh, Frankie, and make it bigger. I really like how this one starts out. It feels like it has a lot of promise, and it mostly delivers on that promise. I'm starting to hear what you hear about Frank's vocals, though, especially in the first verse here. Oh, I actually think this might be one of my favorite Frank vocal takes, but I'm glad you hear what I've been saying for a while. Especially in the first verse here, I did notice there was clipping or distortion or something. I finally caught that. I didn't notice it as much at different parts of the song. Anyway, structure-wise, I really like how it builds up and uh, some of the counter-melody instruments. I just wish they weren't so buried in the mix and everything's very underwater feeling. The reverb on the vocals is just a bit much for me. It just washes everything out. I would have liked it to build up to more energy, more of a scream at the end, but otherwise I do feel like it starts out with a lot of promise and it it mostly delivers on that. 
that's also my struggle with this song. I love pretty much everything about it, except that it, it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't it doesn't resolve. So every time I hear this, I think, oh, this is going to be a dark country song. It's going to have, and I mean, it has that country feel to me. It has that dark feel to me. The vocals are like all a part of that. I don't have any like problems pretty much with any of it. It's just that it doesn't finish. It doesn't, it doesn't do anything. Like I want either like an instrumental swell, maybe our vocals jump up like an octave to do some bits and get a little harder and crunchier. Yeah, I just want to like a little, little oomph. I want it to go somewhere and it, it doesn't. And it's great. It's a really great atmospheric piece, but I have a lot of expectations when I hear Dark Country and I know that's like a personal thing. And so I'm, I'm trying to balance like my personal expectations to the song we have here. It does go places. They're just very subtle. And right. I think you and I, being less tasteful people, we don't like subtle. We don't deal with subtle very well. I don't do subtle at all. We're computer programmers. We don't. What's subtle? I don't know. There's a joke. Can you go to the store and pick up a dozen eggs? And if they have broccoli, get 12 or something like that. And then the programmer brings home 12 dozen eggs because they, they had broccoli at the store. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> up next, we've got John Eric. Right, that was John Eric. Honestly, I could barely tell it was John Eric. This is so different from anything I've heard from him. This to me is very much a Glowworm-inspired John Eric song. He um, kidnapped Glowworm. He worm-napped. Is John Eric a bird? I don't know. Maybe. We'll never know. We'll never know. And this is another song I really like, although also kind of like the Cave Dweller song, on multiple listens, I get a little overwhelmed. It's not necessarily overwhelmed, it's the hand claps in the chorus. I actually love them on first listen, and every subsequent listen thereafter, I'm like, wait, do I actually like these, or are these just like unique and, and a little like different from the rest of the round? And then I studied them longer, and, I'm, and I can't tell what I feel anymore. And that's this is John Eric's song. It's great for me on a first listen, and every subsequent listen, I just like Are you saying myself. subsequent, subsequent? Baby, I don't know. <laughs> All right, that's fine. I'll allow it. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, another fantastic vocal delivery by John Eric. Yes. I'm concerned because this is what two, three songs in a row where I'm I'm really impressed by John Eric's vocal delivery. I like all the parts of the song, though. Uh, I think some of them maybe meander on a little too long. I'm really surprised by how much he leaned into sort of the the electro pop here. Like some of the other songs uh, of his, I think the mixing is killing it. It's it's really taking things down a bit. It just doesn't feel very full. The vocals are coming in my left ear, and I'm not sure why they were panned that way at points. So everything's just a little bit muddy and thin. Some of that is taste, but I think a lot of it could just be helped with a little bit of production. I'm glad the drums are mixed low because I'd be annoyed by that hi-hat going on. It just needs some mixing up, maybe even a different tone. So I'd say I love this song structurally, and I love the vocal performance. What you need to do is uh, throw out all the mixing, throw out all the instrumental tracks, put them in the trash, replace them with different instruments... (laughs) (laughs) Fix the mix. I mean, what they're playing is fine. They just aren't the tone they need to be, in my opinion. I just hear, all right, I love the song, but throw everything out and start over. (laughs) I hear so much promise in the song, and I love it. It's just the tone of all the instruments is really, I think it's taking it down a notch that it doesn't need to go down. 
you know, if, if it had more electro drums instead of the acoustic drums, then there wouldn't be that hi-hat problem. Then you could make the drums pop a little bit more. This song would kill. You just need to take the structure, keep your vocal takes, and just relay that instrumental foundation. The only thing I want to add is that key change at the end there, we just kind of slam into it like we're on a Broadway musical. And I like the idea. Idea, but I think you need a choir to do a Broadway musical key change like that. Like you need you need a really big vocal swell when you just slam into it. Like so so the lead vocalist sings the key change, great fine, but there should be a lot more full rounded vocals, I think, on that like first instrumental hit on like mm. on the on beat there as the change happens. And we didn't have that. Um and I mean you could do that with the solo artist. It was a very obvious key change, but it, it didn't have the obvious payoff that I need for that. Um it's a small thing, but Another note I had is that the end could have a lot more energy, more voices, more screaming, and it just kind of wimps out a little bit. Much like Frank's song, I think a lot of people did really emotional, introspective songs this round, but they don't necessarily resolve to a, a large extent. All right, then. Up next, then, Max Bombast. I had fled the All right, so that is Max Bombast with an answer reply to the guest round, round three, that you and you and he did together. Is it? I have not looked at the lyrics. Uh, he's like landing back on Earth, I think. Nice. Um, it's kind of like a Planet of the Apes type reference. Uh, there's even a Planet of the Apes line at the end, which I keep, like, it took me forever to, like, realize. People had to point it out. He's, like, come back to Earth, and then he realizes that it got blown up, and it, it's he's, like, mad about it. You know. It, I was wondering if this was inspired by that. I just hadn't gotten to the songs this week soon enough. Yeah, it's very much a, a that thing, for sure. And I like it. I kind of like the, the little beep and the little computer voices in there. The beep, I think, is part of the polyrhythm. Or if it's not, it's like distinctive yes, enough. Yes, it, it, could... it absolutely is. Let's not debate Again, that. Again, I had I questioned myself after Monday. Like the, I, I mean, yeah. so this song is uh, is a six eight, which I I think I expected. This is a very mm. very muse like song. Yes, I have seen those comparisons and would agree with that. Yeah, in a lot of places, but I think it's better than Muse. This is the best song I have heard all year. You know, I, I want to agree with that and say that, but there's a part where there's a, a really high note harmony, and I think it's in the chorus or the pre-chorus or something like that, and I I like it, but at the same time, I don't like it, and to me, it's... Just that, just one note? Just one no, note? No, like, it's okay, like a line. whatever. It's not, it's not one single note, but it's a line. You know, okay, so I think the vocals were probably rushed a little bit because he has so many lyrics in this song. Uh, it sounds like. You know, there are some really fast deliveries. There's one part where the Rush lyric he trips over a little bit, like one time. And it's fine, whatever. <sighs> I don't mean rushed, rushed. I mean, at the beginning of the song, it sounds like not enough vocal takes. Because they were a little rough at the beginning. Sure. Doesn't have the same energy that he normally has. But as I get into the song, I don't even care. I think this is amazing. The way he does that, that slide voice and he just does so many brave things in this song there are definitely parts that are begging for doubled vocals and harmonies and stuff like that a little bit of cleanup would go a long way with this song i don't disagree you know there might be a harmony off or something like that but you're always railing on him for being in his wheelhouse and whatever this is brave this is a brave song and it's really good 
all the things you mentioned, I have zero complaints about. So I very specifically have a complaint about the high note harmony and not the delivery of them, but just the notes themselves. And it's because they trend downward. So he sings really high and then comes down on them every time. Not like down the octave, but like the notes, like they walk down. And I like the delivery, but I don't know what it is. I just don't like, I just don't like that arrangement. I don't, I don't like how it's written. When you said the Muse, the Muse comparison, their, one of their songs came to mind and they have a three-part harmony in their vocal harmonies. I think that's what I really wanted is, I think if, if there was a third. This harkens to Knights of Sidonia, I think. Yes. Uh, and so Which I is an anime was... about, what, people who live on some spaceship, so it's... There might be. I've not seen it. You know, it may, it may be there's a connection there. Maybe. Who but knows? I think, I think if, there, if this was a three-part harmony instead of a two-part harmony, I think that would have fixed ben, it. Ben, that's not... I, I will not accept that as a problem with this song. I'm getting stuck on it, so it's my problem with the song. What I said is that there could be more vocal parts... And what you're saying is, because those vocal parts are missing, it's not good. No. I'm not saying that. This is a very brave song, and I'm hugely impressed. I am bigly impressed. I, I really like it. Every change-up, even the guitar solo, I'm like, yeah, he finally busted out the guitar and did a, a really cool guitar solo. Like I said, every song I think is good uh, this round. I just have my one hang-up, and that's my hang-up, is I want, I want different notes for the harmony. Not even different delivery, just different notes. That's all I want. Or, or more notes. This song speaks directly to my heart. I can tell. You were fangirling pretty hard here. <laughs> all right, let's do our final contestant then, Moss Palace. All right, that was Moss Palace. With the most understated challenge this round, I think. They have it in a few spots. I actually really like the challenge and their take on it. It is, it's, I think it's, of all of our contestants, it's the safest take because it's not very loud and very throughout, but I think it works really well. I think, I think this one like hits that middle ground you're talking about where it's not it's not the bare minimum, but it's not like the whole song's written around it. It's, it's woven nicely into it. I really like it. Yeah, and I think of the contestants, this song is the best engineered, best mixed, best produced. Hypothetically, maybe somebody emailed somebody an mp3 and asked for some mixing pointers there. most of my feedback i i gave to them in an email no you you might have given them to an email we don't know though we never know right anyway some <laughs> some of those uh, extra lines uh those extra vocal lines they could use an effect like a a delay or something nitpicky nitpicky stuff I'd love to hear some harmonies accenting some more of the verse lines toward the end of the lines. Again, nitpicky stuff. I think the yeah. thing that would really, on its own, bring the song home for me would be some sustained, crunchier rhythm guitars at the chorus. Giving the chorus a little bit more punch because I don't deal with subtlety. Yeah, it is a little, like I said, this is a pretty safe take. And I think it's also kind of safe vocally, which I don't want from Aaron. We know Aaron can do pretty much anything with her voice. So I want it to be a little punched up more. Overall, it's good. I don't have any like real problems or nitpicks on it. I have this general observation that may or may not be true that I was supposed to fact check before today and I totally didn't that as we have gone on, Moss Palace sounds more and more like Marison to me. And <laughs> I, I thought no. Moss Palace was an Aaron solo project. And I don't know. And then maybe that was totally wrong. And that's fine if I was totally wrong. It um, might have started that way. <laughs> but I, I don't think it's become that way. And I'm, I'm kind of saddened by that. I really liked Round Zero Moss Palace. Uh, and liked Round One. And I've liked 
Moss Palace all throughout. This is just like a general observation. I just kind of want, I want more original Moss Palace. Is that, is that a thing I can say? I don't know if I, the thing I could say after six weeks. We should really have one of them or both of them on uh, to interview sometime. But yeah, at first Sam said, I'm done with this Narine shit. <laughs> and then Aaron started getting through the rounds and uh, Sam was in Berkeley social scene. They got cut. And then he started helping more fully engineer and produce her songs. And I think toward the end here, she was kind of done with the competition and he wasn't. And that's why you see this slow, gradual transition. Yeah, I very much would believe that story. I'm a little sad about it. I would love more original Aaron, I guess. Anyway, like I said, I don't really have any, any problems with the song, though. Nice little punchier vocal take, a little more vocal stretch would have been nice, but... I think the vocals were just right for the song it was. I just wanted a more dynamic change at the chorus. Anyway, anyway, those were our contestants. Only two will make it to the next round, the final yes. round. Mm-hmm. Ben, uh, what were your top three? Oh, uh, what were my... Oh, so my top three, I'll even try and get it in the correct order. I don't have my scores in front of me, so I'm trying to remember. Well, I mean, uh, I, I hope you don't because I don't want to know how you judged i just oh well then you shouldn't ask me mike what are your top three then clearly i would put max bombast number one and then i'd probably put john eric and moss palace those are good choices i think pretty much any choice for the top three is is good this round because i could not get past the cave dwellers the over compression of that song it just listening to it was painful and even though I liked certain parts of it, I just, I can't. I mean, like I said, I, I couldn't do multiple, multiple listens to that song after a while. It got a lot, which I, again, attributed to a lot of the work that went to the song and not necessarily the compression. It might have been the compression and I just blamed the wrong thing. Yeah. In terms of challenge, I don't know who did the best. Maybe Frankie, maybe Cave Dwellers. I think Max and Moss took like the safest take on the challenge. And by that, I mean, I think we all agree that they're really great musicians and have a lot of skill in a lot of areas. And it doesn't feel like they stretched or worked as hard as everyone else. And maybe they did. And it's just a detriment that they're good enough that it doesn't sound that way. So like to me, it sounds like Cave Dwellers and John put in the most effort. Maybe didn't get the best result, but put in the most effort. Frankie, I think, also is another very skilled musician. So he, he puts a lot of He's like the middle spot for me on the challenge, like put in a good amount of effort and made it sound pretty easy too. But I don't know if I'd call any of them best. Like they all they all did it. Right. It's hard to rank them because ranking one way puts them in one order, ranking in another way puts them in another order. You know, in terms of the challenge overall, I might put Frankie first because he did a lot of different lines throughout his song. If you're ranking on how far the artist stretched themselves i do feel like max and john eric are at the top those songs just sound very much like stretches i'm not sure i agree with the max but i definitely agree with the john for sure i can see why you wouldn't agree with the max i mean he might just be that good that it was totally a stretch and i just didn't hear it because it sounds so good so that's your fault you're so good max if that's the case it's just a different kind of stretch the john eric song is definitely a black and white stretch the Max Bombast song is more, I just entered the eight foot deep part of the pool stretch. The John Eric is like, I got in a different pool. Okay. Yeah. I gotcha. Which Alrighty, to then. you, I could definitely see might be, oh, he just did the same thing, but better. But I do think that there's a lot more to it than that. Anyway, should we talk about who actually won? 
So our top winners for the week were Cave Dwellers and John Eric. So Frankie, Moss, and Max are all out. Womp womp. We will do a Cave versus John Eric final. And we all get to vote. Yeah, so the way the final works, so the title is Pistols at Dawn. The challenge is traditionally, and still is this year, bring your A-game. So basically just make the best song you can. And everyone gets the chance to vote. So not only do the five judges get a vote, potentially 42 of our contestants that entered in round zero will also get the chance to cast a vote, which puts up to 47 potential votes for round seven. would be great. Maybe I'll start a write-in campaign for Max Bombast. (laughs) We had some discussion on the boards about the A-game challenge. I got to the final once, and I found it very difficult to, quote, bring your A-game because you just get a title, and for the last seven weeks, you got something else to help you propel the evolution of your songwriting. So if you especially look at that, Nurein, every round I could rely on the title or the challenge to write my song for me, basically. Uh, you know, it's it's downplaying how much songwriting autonomy I actually have. But it's not far off from the way I perceive it. No, I agree. I think, I mean, restrictions generally breed creativity. That's like, that's a saying. And I'm paraphrasing, but it's a saying. Like dinosaur comics. So yeah, taking away one of the restrictions, I think, makes things harder, for sure. Totally yeah. would agree. Especially if you're you're used to it and if you get the wrong title. I got Leviathan that year, and I was like, what the hell is a Leviathan? What am I going to write about? I just did not know where to go with that. And so Bring Your A-Game was the most worthless challenge to me uh, at that point. Yeah. John Eric's not my favorite to win, but I think he's the stronger contender necessarily because I feel like he relies more on the title to make some campy ass shit. And I love his campy ass shit every single time he does it. So I think if John Eric leans into I'm going to be campy and funny and kind of silly... He's got a really good shot to win, sort of like regardless of what Cave Dwellers does. I'm not saying Cave Dwellers can't blow me out of the water, but I feel like Cave Dwellers also falls into that bucket of, you know, we've had we've had a challenge and a title to constrict us. That's been a lot of our, you know, song driving force here. We're ripping one of those walls out. There's a chance that Cave Dwellers needs that to fuel the creativity to, to like overcome John Eric. Because a, a campy song will, at least on the surface, appeal to a broader audience. I agree. If Cave Dwellers does something along the lines of carte blanche, they will get my vote, probably. Yeah, I would say on a few of the more technical challenges, I think Cave Dwellers has done a little bit better than John Eric has. And I think if they can replicate that work and lean into where they're really strong, or at least stronger than John, theoretically, which is on the technical side, I think that's going to give them a really big leg up. If they try to go camp to camp on John, I think they're, I think they're going to not do as if well. If Cave Dwellers actually brings their A game, I think they can pull it off, but they might think their A game is a different song than what everybody else thinks, and that's <laughs> yes. that's the danger. Mm-hmm. If they focus too much on the polyrhythms, if they focus too much on the uh, saxophone solos, if they, you know. I did love that saxophone not degrading any of those things. I'm just saying (laughs) in terms of like getting an accessible song, they really need to focus on their mixing and mastering a little bit more than they usually do, in my opinion. No, I agree. And I think I think they could out production fight John Eric. I think that could that could very much happen. Yes. This round, which might be again, would be in their favor. Yes. If I were their coach, I would hope they do that. Now, John Eric, I would be holding one of those pistols to him making him sing the way he sang the last two rounds. His voice is a strong point if it's used for good. If it's used for evil, it's not. It sounds like your advice to both of them is don't lean too heavily into things you think you're great at 
lean just enough into them. Take it as far as you think you can and then dial it back. Yeah. Because that's the right amount. Yeah. And I agree. I think that that's good advice for both of them, I think, in their respective. Their strengths are their downfalls. This is definitely a round you could easily swing way too hard because it's your A game. You got to swing real hard. You swing real hard where you yeah. think you're good. And that's just going to be a big old whiff. Absolutely. All right. Let's get to the shadows. Good luck, contestants. Bring your A game. First, we've got Balance Lost. We'll fight for your right to party. The sea was parted. All right, that was Balance Lost. Ben, I was listening to this one, and I was wondering, why the heck is Balance Lost not a competitor at this point? Not only that I also had that thought, but all the judges also had that thought. Yeah, you guys should feel (laughs) pretty guilty. Honestly, I think if somebody had dropped out this round, uh, Balance Lost would have been a very strong contender to make it to be voted back in and go through to the final, because this is great. I don't know who's singing in it. Um, Maybe you do. I, I don't. I don't. But I don't think it's our original singer or no, our typical because singer. No, he comes in at the chorus. Yeah. Um, so I don't know who's singing this. Is it Glowworm? No, I don't think so. Uh, it might be the friend who did the guest round, potentially. Maybe. We'll never know. We'll never know. But yeah, I mean, this is a great this is a great song. Balance Lost had one bad round where they got cut, and then every song after that has been phenomenal. Yeah, he's really been branching out Honestly. this year, I think. There was that yeah. Rage Against the Machine-like song, and this is very funk, disco-y. I really don't have anything bad to say about this. I wish I had seen this, what, two, three weeks ago? So you'd still be around, and yeah. I probably would have put this in over one of the two finals. I wrote this song is effing cool. It just has a lot of great details, great hooks. The tone and what the instruments are doing is just perfect. You know, unfortunately, I have to say I like the guest singer better than the parts that Bounce Lost sings. I apologize, but I don't think that's a, a secret, probably. So I really like everything the chorus kind of not so much but i like everything else the only note i have other than that is i'd like to hear a bigger pre-chorus it's not enough sonic shift a little bit it's a nitpick this is actually one of the few times i have nothing vocally to say because i have paid zero attention to the vocals this whole every single time i've heard the song which is not many i've paid zero attention to the vocals because it's just so funky and i love the instruments so yeah i mean i think i could probably agree with that that sonic shift i definitely need to give another listener to but yeah, I mean, this is funky as shit. I love it. All right. Everybody should do funk. Yes. But put a shadow in. Hope someone drops out on our final for some yeah, reason. Yeah, that'll happen. Win the whole thing, Balance. Out of left field. All right. Up next, we've got Hot Pink Halo. My life glows twice before it's closed. It yet remains to see. So this is a different type of song that Hot Pink Halo has submitted here. It's a a very sparse, electronic, experimental type of song. And I think this is probably a good direction for her to go. I know that the counter vocals are very brave. Do more of that. I like bravery. I do wish the song were held together a bit more by, by more melodic instrumentation. It's just slightly lacking enough glue to let it hang the way it is because the vocals are delivered off pitch at points so it's hard to pick up the melody and the first thing i want out of a song is the ability to sing along with it and so if i can't pick up that melody it's really really difficult the further you get in this song the more it wanders around and seems to experiment more and i like that 
It's an experimental piece, but I'm not going to have anything useful to say about that. Hopping Halo all contest long has had these very strange, not always experimental, but very like strange kind of out there pieces. And this is like another example. I think this might be one of my favorites of theirs. I like the minimalist feel to it. I do agree there's like a little bit something missing. Yeah, it's just like a, a, a thread. It's a yeah. thread. And I don't know, I don't know if that's like very intentional and is like the key aesthetic to the song like it could it could be there like it intentionally could be not there so that you like feel a little uncomfortable this is this is again a thing i need to pay more attention to the shadows i like the sort of like we get to like these round robin not not necessarily round robin but we get these like rounds in our vocals at in halfway through it keeps me interested every time yeah i'm not gonna want to put this on repeat over and over again because it's not something I'm going to like, you know, dance to and jam out to. But I, I mean, I like it. I think it's one of the better, the better entries this year. I agree. All right. Up next, we've got Lycanthrope. All right. That was Lycanthrope. Composition-wise, it does feel like he's evolving a little bit. The lyrics seem fun. Something about evading taxes. I love evading taxes, don't you? I think everybody does. I absolutely love it. Everybody loves evading taxes. Allegedly. What'd you think, Ben? I think that probably doesn't really works for a lichen here. So my normal thought of a lichen throat song is... Oh yeah, I'm hearing the same instrument in the same sort of like melody rhythm type deal over and over again. And this feels like we're really, you know, we really changed it up for the challenge. I really like it. It feels different to me. I don't know if it really is different, but it feels different to me. I really like that change. More of those changes would be great. Yeah, the composition definitely feels different to me in a good way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I am always going to say I wish the vocals were delivered differently. They're just so dissonant. It sounds like he's trying to be off pitch. It could be a stylistic decision. I don't think it is. Go full bass, Lycan. Just go full bass. That's all I want. All right, up next we have Mandibles. There are too many roads in this yellowed. Too many signs that are marked with you should. I am much too That was Mandibles. This starts out like Old Town Road. And I like Old Town Road, so I like it. But then, why doesn't Truth start rapping? I don't know. <laughs> there you go. It's like, what do you mean Old Town Road? What what crazy mushrooms are you on right now? It, it's because of the, the plucking banjo thing going on. That's not... I'm going to take you Town down Road? to the Old Town Road. Yeah, and there's, it's like a synthy sound or something. It's not a banjo. It is a banjo because it's off of a Nine Inch Nils album that specifically they used a banjo to make this little instrumental song and he sampled it. It's totally a banjo. So I mean, yes, it's totally a banjo. I agree. This song harkens to Old Town Road, but then you start singing. I will give it a pass, but I strongly disagree with this, this decision. Why aren't you rapping? I mean, you're wrong. I actually really like this one. The Mandibles always, has always had this weird sort of dynamic on their voices between we have Cybronica doing the very operatic high soprano type deal and we have Truth doing this very like more, not necessarily muted, but more reserved maybe is the right word. And of course, the low register because it's a male voice. I feel like we often fall in these extremes where very rarely do they sing 50-50. It's either one's doing the whole thing or the other is doing the whole thing. And maybe some harmonies in there. And... I see why that is the case here. I want a little more cybernetic. I feel like that's... You, you want more sharing. 
I want yeah. more Cybronica, really, is what I really want, because to me, Mandibles is Cybronica. Like, that voice is the whole point. I mean, that's not necessarily a fair criticism or not, but that's to me, that's, like, what I envision every time. I do like the harmonies, though, at the end. It just cause, like, takes a little while to get there. I don't disagree that it takes a while to get there, but I think it's worth the ride. The buildup in this song is perfect. It's perfect. Let me just say that. Just the little touches here and there. I'm, I don't agree with all the instrumentation, but I agree with you that the harmonies at the end, they make the hair on my arms stick up and truth's vocal delivery here feels very emotional and i just i love it other than old town road if i had to compare this to other songs i would take gary jewel's mad world and mix it up with a banjo and some americana type folk rock 100 that and so i don't know if the lyrics are good because i don't know what words are in fact i have trouble saying words but the way they're delivered is great and I think the touches in this are great. I don't have anything else to say other than, you know, you could have rapped at least a little bit at the beginning. <laughs> That's true. I think you should have cut 20 seconds of singing and rapped, or just cut that whole 20 seconds and it would be perfect. Yeah, cover Old Town Road, and then then we'll talk. All right. Let's move on then. Up next, we've got Miscellaneous Owl. Right, that was Miscellaneous Owl. Great harmonies there. I mean, I really like this song, but I, I, I know I will cop to, I think I have a little bit of a owl bias, specifically because owl has a very, like it's a very distinct sound to me. When I hear an owl song, I go, yep, that's definitely an owl song. I only had like two or three shadows all told from owl. So every time I hear one, it stands out more. I'm like, oh, I'm really gravitating this because it's new. That's definitely part of it. But I do really like it. Yeah. And I think she even admitted to like banging it out in like an afternoon or something. Great vocal performance mm-hmm. uh, from Owl. I, you know, I, my critiques of the song fall into two buckets. One of them is just with the tone of things. And honestly, I'm listening on different headphones right now than the ones I wrote these notes on. And they're opposite. So something is wrong. <laughs> something in it. It's not the headphones and it's not my ears. Something is kind of wrong because the guitars seem really pointy in these headphones, but they seemed really underwater in the other headphones. And, uh, you know, that's kind of a battle you're you're working on uh, when you make a song, unfortunately. So that's one thing. Uh, On my other headphones, the vocals felt buried and fighting with the guitars. On these headphones, it doesn't feel like that, so I I don't even know. I don't know what to say about that anymore. What I will say is, structure-wise, the verse feels inorganic in that it feels like it's more of a checkboxing the challenge, and the chorus brings it home, and that does make the chorus so much better. So I can go either way on that point. For me, this is similar to like the Cave Dweller song and a couple others where the more I listen to it, the more I get overwhelmed by trying to pick out all the polyrhythms. That's not necessarily good or bad. There's a lot of xylophone on here that if I really concentrate on, I just sort of get lost in them. And it's just hard, like, hard for me to do. And I think that's more of a critique on... I, I have no specific advice on that. That's just like a thing, I guess I'm saying. Um, you are saying words. Yes. I'm, I'm saying. that's all. I'm just saying words. So I guess ignore them. That's all I got. I like it, though. It's a nice song. So you can't judge next year, Al. You, you have to enter. <laughs> Up next, we've got Seamansky.
right, that's Szymanski. This intro is really cool. It makes me feel like something awesome is coming. And then the verse, it makes me wait a little bit longer. But then the chorus, in my opinion, drops the ball a little bit. The second verse brings me back in. So I think it's all about getting the vocal delivery on the chorus a little bit better because it's hard to pick up the melody there. I think the the pitching is just a little bit off. I really like Szymanski's voice in, in all of his songs. He has great intuition uh, about songwriting because probably... Uh, you know, listens to a lot of industrial bands as I did back in the day. I'm looking forward to more in the future. In terms of the polyrhythm, it feels very checkboxy like the Owl song does as well. Um, but at the same time, it does fit in with this type of song. It kind of feels like a Gary Newman song in that sense. Here in my car, I'm as safe as can be. I can lock all my doors. It's the only way to live in the autonomous zone. Boo-doo, boo-doo. Yeah, I, I like this song. I don't have your complaint about the chorus dropping the ball. Well, good. I kind of hate the bridge, I think. Oh, the acoustic part? Like it drops really low, yeah. At that point, it's kind of like, well, I need a bridge. What do I do? That is, I think, why I, I don't like it. Like, it's very different, but I think it's, it's different for the sake of I needed to do something. So here, here's a here's a shot. Here's a random. Here, I threw something at the wall. I agree completely. I Like I said, I think it... He has good instincts. Uh, he just didn't have enough, I don't know, time, care to work on it a little bit more and workshop it. But I see where he's going with that. I think an acoustic bridge could work great in the song. It's just that it was not the right acoustic bridge. I think the other thing, and this probably isn't fair, take all the salt with it, but the vocal delivery, it feels a little monotonous after a while. Like, I, I feel like the second chorus or the final chorus or something should like change it up and it's good it just it just sounds very much exactly the same as the beginning of the song does and i mean i think most singers do this so i'm like i cannot tell you what i'm trying to tell you the problem is here like i have no clue but for whatever reason it just feels there's no no extra layers there's no extra widgets there's no more yeah. shiny things there's no additional harmonies yeah I know what you're saying. This song is a little bit thin overall, and I think a little bit more production, you know, tweaking the sections would have helped a lot. I really like it, though. Yeah, like I said, I think he's going in the right direction. But the right direction, to me, is the wrong direction for somebody else. Yes, that is how Neuron works. Absolutely. All right, then. Moving on. Let's go to the serviettes. Because those that have All right, that is the serviette. Uh, God, I love... This is another song I would have potentially put into my top two. This is like a, a glowworm wannabe song, almost. I don't know, it works for me. I feel like the opening is extremely a bold choice. It's ba- oh, basically... Oh, hell yeah. It's basically a naked vocal line. I mean, there's a little bit of instrumentation underneath to uh, to give us the polyrhythm, but it's basically just a rhythm. Yeah, I, I love the... I think those are xylophones. Probably just sampled xylophones. But yeah, no, I, I love the idea of that opening the song. And I really like that polyrhythm too. Like, I it just like like a jam into it. And then the at like the minute mark or whatever, the synth it kicks in. I wish the synth was just like a little heavier. I yeah. Think but yeah. my my note is why are you coming in with these silly th- synths 
these silly orchestral type synths. Why are you not punching in with a bass that makes me poop? This should that bass should have melted my face. That is what I want. I am musically constipated and I need the poop and you are not letting me. I definitely should not have eyebrows on that entry note on that bass and it's it, it yeah it's just kind of wimpy and I don't know but I I mean I love this vocal delivery. I Yeah, this is a very strong vocal delivery. I note that it kind of keeps building and going nowhere. That is a genre and it's called Radiohead. <laughs> So, I mean, it could be a Radiohead song, I suppose. I just feel like this has a lot of great ideas and it just doesn't get coherent enough in its current state. Just needs a, a, a little bit more simmering, you know? Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna call it Shadow Syndrome. You know, we're doing a song, it's a shadow round. I don't, you're not forced to make the absolute best thing possible. There's a, you know, there's a chance to let a little things slip and slide here. But I mean, I, I do love it, honestly. I think if this had been a contestant song and yeah, a little bit of polish... I would have thrown this up there with Balance Lost and saying that maybe, honestly, if Balance and Serviettes had stayed in and Serviettes had cleaned this up just a little bit, I would have put them in my final two. Absolutely. 100%. Up next, we've got Bob Borton. You can talk on the phone. You can hold up your hand to the sun. All right, that was Vom Vorten. This is another Muse-feeling one. It has a lot of the same Knights of Sidonia feel as the Max Bombast song. I think Vom has a really strong performance here. I like the bendy instruments that are going on. You know, he may have put a little too much into the nuances uh, and not enough into the, the core stuff that actually makes a difference to most listeners, but I appreciate it. My problem with this one is that it's very anticlimactic. The chorus kind of lets me down. It's a very subdued chorus. What do you think? I mean, I think ugh, the problem is every time you say you second you said a muse comparison, I'm like, oh yeah, that's a mu- that yeah, I hear all the instruments for a muse comparison, but the vocal styling is not at all the same, and now I'm like struggling to reconcile that. But the thing that really gets me, and I don't necessarily know how to feel about it yet still, even after a week, is essentially the tempo change that happens like two ways, two thirds of the way through. Oh, yeah. It's cool. And it's different. No one else did a tempo change as part of their polyrhythm. I don't know how to feel about it, though. Is the I problem. wrote that I like that because everything gets messed up, but he still holds the song together. You know, some people started doing some weird polyrhythm stuff and it just made the song fall apart or incoherent. But Vom somehow keeps this coherent and that is perfect. I like that. I mean, it hits at the bridge part too, which makes it cool. I think I want more of it. I think is what I'm really like struggling with. It's that it just kind of like happens once and we're, we're good. And I, I think if we had done like a lot of times throughout the song, I think it would have been a, a huge service to the whole song. Because it really, it like really sticks out. Like that's the thing I, I like grasp onto. The first time you hear it, that's it. I can't not think about it. All right. You're just meandering about a tempo change. Is that it? That's basically it. Um, All right. Whatever. Yeah, I like it. I like it overall, though. I think it's got some cool bits in the beginning. Yeah, the, the instrumentation is really neat. It's cool. Yeah, no real critiques. All right, that's it for the shadows. So you already said you'd you'd probably put some of these in the final. You know what I found interesting is that the the shadows had better mixing and mastering than most of the contestants, and that's because I think the contestants tried too hard. I always try to not make mastering and production be a huge part of my judging. I know it happens. Except it happens accidentally because you don't identify it. Right, right. But I, th- I think all of us have sort of 
like try to make a concerted effort to not make it be a production is a thing that makes or breaks you. I think that's worked out for the most part. That's a lie because it it does. <laughs> it does. I mean, yes, it obviously creeps in. I I hundred percent agree. Of course, it comes and in, it, it should in, because but... otherwise, people like Frankie Big Face would win because he actually teaches music and writes compositions. If it were just about the writing, we would pick the most qualified person and say you win. No, I, I would not pick the most qualified person. Uh, but if I was if I was just doing a production fight, I think I think Moss Palace, Glowworm, Max Bombast. Uh, I mean, there's a couple others. They would have been like the obvious shoehorns to make it if it was just like based on production quality. There, whether you agree with the effort or not, and whether you think we did it well or not, I think we have tried to discount or at least lessen the impact of. I've yeah. been doing music for so long and I know exactly how to master a thing versus, you know, I'm, I'm just starting out or I've done it for a few years or whatever. And I have less of an idea how to master things. But then what is the contest? Is the contest a songwriting contest? No, it's not a songwriting contest. Is it a contest a contest about challenges and titles? No, it's not about that because some rounds you forget those things and it doesn't matter. Is the contest about the song that you like the most? No, it's not about the song that you like the most. So it's, it is a beautiful nothing is what it is. And <laughs> yes. trying to bean count something like this is just going to drive you insane. And I understand why that stresses out some of the judges a lot, especially when they feel like they have to justify why they did what they did. Mm -hmm. If somebody has been doing this for 10 years and they're still completely screwing up their song with their mastering, what can you do? Just, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to listen to a song 10 times if it hurts my ears. I'm sorry, I'm not. But that's just my little rant about it. But yeah, I mean, no, it's, I mean, you're right. It's, it's a big nothing because we're all different and we all, we all judge differently and, and do things differently. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that was my rant last year is that the judges were trying to make these rubrics and stuff and fit everybody into these buckets and do this stuff. By overanalyzing this, you are making it weirder and less predictable because it, it's just not. That's the problem with judging art in general, right? It's a hugely subjective thing. Right. And, and trying to just, just be the objective person. Then, yeah, I mean, yeah, if we could be purely objective, nobody's Frank would objective. Win. We'd like look at all their music, like actual, like cheap music and be like, oh, yeah, like look at this. Yeah, I, that, that, that's what's awesome is somebody like me can end up in the final round without knowing shit about music. And I've learned a little bit more about music, but I still don't right, right. know much about but music. I mean, but it's, it's because of my, you know, some of my intuition and some of my production skills, they allowed me to be able to tread water with the people who are better at writing songs or better at singing or, or whatever, better at composing. So that's kind of what's cool about Narine. And I think trying to make it a contest about one specific thing is just, it's misguided. Sure. And I mean, I don't think we're trying to make it about one thing. I think we're just trying to not make it about one thing, which we're, is we're the same not, thing. We're, yeah. I mean, we're, we're trying to give everyone the fairest shake possible. I think if five judges were just like, oh, I just like this song the best because I just liked the best and that was it, then I think no one would want to play. Or people are like, oh, well, these three people are always going to win. and Sure, it's like capitalism. The illusion of winning keeps you going. Yes. <laughs> or something. I don't know. <laughs> something like that. But yeah, I mean, I think I think it's just like the nature of the beast. Of course, yeah. judges are going to overthink it. That's like what we're yeah. asked to do. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I think so. judges should just rank them in alphabetical order. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Anyway, 
I have always I've noticed a general trend that the middle of the pack tends to last longer than the top or bottom alphabetically, uh, not score wise, just like alphabetically, the middle seems to last longer. We always cut the people at the very top of the alphabet and the very bottom of the alphabet more. Correlation is not causation. Anyway, correct. <laughs> I'm sure we could go into something about how the early ones set the tone. And so anything better than the early ones is going to stay in something like nope. that. Round zero was 41 songs. No, but whatever. Uh, round zero is a crapshoot. Round one counted. <laughs> Monday morning. Well, we'll have two songs. We will have two songs. One from Cave Dwellers and one from Jean Eric. And then we'll have 20 Shadows, five of which are Max Bombast, 15 or everybody else. Please, Max Bombast. Actually, I bet Max is going to do seven this year. Yeah, maybe. We'll take bets on that. (laughs) So yeah, next round, Monday morning, Pistols at Dawn, bring your A-game, two contestants, Cave Dwellers and Jean Eric. What would you do with the Pistols theme? Oh man. Uh so I my... feel like what like why how did this title not get shot down with not in this moment? Because the title had the faster draw. I mean, you set me up, man. I don't know what you want. <laughs> you 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 did it. You set it up and walked it into it. Walked into it. I'm not dignifying that with the response. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like the title. I think it was fun. What would you uh, write about? Come on. I would try to steal Frankie Big Face's idea of a dark country song this round and do something like that. It'd be very cliche and obvious because that's my A game is cliche and obvious. Tree, an acapella country theme would be fun to do. I would love to do that. What would you sing about though? Um, Aaron Burr? Oh, no, I would probably pull a John Eric and find something stupid to sing about. Um, let's see. What's <laughs> oh, happening? Dang. I'm sorry. I'd, sing, I'd find something <laughs> campy to sing no, about. No, 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 no. I'm leaving that. Anyway. That's fine. It's fine. I mean, he sings silly things. I like it. I mean, I'd find something campy. I'd pick a silly topic and throw into a country western and do an acapella, maybe some spoons. I just love it. I love all the camp, so I would just camp that shit up. Probably, I don't know, I have a cat and a dog who've been fighting a lot lately. They, they might be my inspiration. I mean, of course, the real world, there's tons of examples, but that's not campy. That's just sad. Yeah, I would just pick, just pick something campy and, and put it to an acapella country western, like 50s TV show theme. That would be my, my... what about you? What would you do? I haven't really thought about it because I didn't plan on doing it. I kind of want to do it now, but I'm not going to have any time. One of the things that's kind of fun to at least think about is taking the title in a different way. So what if there was a girl named Dawn and everybody had to aim their, I don't know, their their um, their water pistols at her. And she is emotionally scarred from that experience. Sorry, I'm making faces at you. Because that's Vom, that's Vom's idea, basically. Is um, it really? It really is. I mean, a little more serious. He was doing a Gran Torino style type deal with an old man. But yes, have a have a character named Don that you point pistols at. That was his idea. Now I kind of wish Caravan Ray were here to do this one. <laughs> you know, I'm a big picture thinker. I wouldn't be able to write the right lyrics. I don't know if anyone could. It'll be interesting to see if Vom actually does that. This has been The New Ugly. You can find all the songs at nure.in. Nure.in. We will have a winner next week. That's right. That's all for now, folks. We'll song love you next time. Oh, that actually worked. Wow. What network? What worked? I just actually like that. Oh, yeah.